Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Previously on Chaotic Normal, the Aristocrats, after dealing with the Goblin Queen and the Hobgoblin Captain Dern, they delved further down a pit in the Sunless Citadel on the Third Wizard. There they fought some twig blades and some skeletons before happening upon the Gumbo King, as he was called, and his two crocodiles or alligators, who knows the difference. After dealing with them, they descended further down a pathway that led to a icy river. The Hopgoblin Dern warned them not to go, but they went anyway. In order to cross the river, Jules conjured some icy blocks in which they attempted to leap across. I, myself, Robert, was then grasped in the clutches of a giant octopus. How will we get out of this mess? Or will we be drowned beneath the sunless citadel? Let us find out in Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. need you to uh so it, it starts to grab you and then it tries to tighten down on you for uh is 20 to hit a hit uh yeah barely uh Robert, you feel yourself crushed for 11 bludgeoning damage by this giant octopus as it crushes oh you God. you are grappled held in the air by the giant octopus and uh meepo screams and runs back into the other room uh the uh and, uh, Rubert, would you like to, uh, you still have an action. Would you, you are surprised by this octopus, but would you like to stab it? I guess you're not surprised because <laughs> Celeste warned you it was there. Would you like to try and stab it, or would you like to break free of its grip? Where am I floating right now? Uh, well, right now you're held in the air over one of the bricks of ice. So you might, if you got free of the grip, you could maybe yeah, land on the ice. Alright, and, uh, Cool. Uh, you try to break free. It requires a DC 16 dexterity acrobatics to slip your way from these suckery tentacles. No, acrobatics I'm okay at. Sure hope there's loot for you guys this way. Uh, 11 plus 4. Uh, 15 is not enough. 
you do not slip free. Uh, you all look as uh, this giant octopus's tentacles crush Rubert. Uh, it then takes its other uh, tentacle and stretches it out, uh, reaching out to a range of 15 feet. You've all been standing far enough back that no one is within 15 feet, but you can tell that if you get within 15 feet, the octopus is going to grab you as well. Celeste, what do you do? You're just you're down the hall from this uh, giant octopus. You're maybe uh, you're maybe 30 feet away from it. Uh, you can tell its tentacle is going to snap out and grab you if you get close. But Rubert is being thrown around in the air. Rubert, I told you to watch out. That's what the stars were saying. That is not what you said. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh... Um. <laughs> um Thornweb can't control tentacles, right? They just need to clear that air. Think the giant octopus out of the water, maybe. I can try to pull him out of the water. Yeah, towards us. Whip, medium or large creature, right? Or does it have to be your size or smaller? Can I just? Can but I yeah. try to like large smaller? Um. You could also try and hit Rubert with it and yank Rubert. Yeah, free. that's what I was thinking. Is like kind of try to get the tentacle to like whip him back to us. Yeah, I mean, Rubert will take damage from your stabby thorns, but yes. I can heal him, it's fine. <laughs> you know that, Rubert? It's fine. It's uh, fine. Oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. you could make an attack roll against Rubert, and I'll say if you succeed, you yank him free. Okay, let's try it. 18. I... Yeah. <laughs> you wrap and your I thorns. And towards us. <laughs> Alright, roll damage against Rubert. Hopefully it's not a lot. Oh, wait, it's a d6. Three. Wow. Three. Uh, Robert, you're ripped free. Wow. You're ripped free. And it could free, have been a tentacle. And you slam onto that second brick of, that first brick of ice that Jules created, and you slide across it onto the stone, and uh, you are uh, now, or not on the stone, onto like the mucky uh, water that's like the more stable hallway that everyone else is. You're still within reach of the octopus, though, and you see its tentacles uh, swirling about. Uh, Phil, what do you do? You're about 25, 30 feet from this uh, octopus. You see it's ready to grab anyone that should try to uh, enter or exit its reach. Uh, I point my arcane firearm at Rubert. We're really doing it this time then, right? That's what that <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Can't help but Rubert's joke about like it. sliding on the mud as you're like aiming the gun at him. I'm like leveling it on the back of his head and then I like sigh and then I point up towards the octopus. <laughs> We're going to shoot it with a ray of frost. All right, uh, roll your attack. That's definitely a hit. Four. Three damage. Hardly anything to it, but it is slowed, which is a big deal. On land, it would have a move speed of zero. And then I'll uh, refresh the protector cannon and end my oh, turn. Oh, that's incredible. You can make it where the giant octopus could never leave land by pinning it down with rays of frost on land. And then you just shoot it with arrows from afar as you beat up a... Uh... Uh, regardless, uh, Phil, you just uh, replenished everyone's temp HP. So Rebert and everyone else gets five if they didn't already have more temp HP. All right. And then, Phil, if you're finished, Zell Nern, what do you do? You could charge forward, but the, uh, yeah, the octopus... Cool is like at the edge of the icebreak, so you could charge forward and try to attack the octopus, but you're gonna provoke an, that attack that the octopus has readied. Yeah, should we be turning around, guys? Is this a good idea? Finish yes. it off. It embarrassed okay. your captain. Okay. I begrudgingly run at it. 
the octopus's tentacle snaps out for 15 to hit. Miss. It, co- it coils against your shell but stabs itself. The tentacle yanks back. You jump past Ruber and land shaking on one of those frozen bridges of ice. Your axe cuts down into the giant octopus. Roll. I'm sorry, Octopal. <laughs> 16 to hit. You easily cleave into the beast. 14 damage. I keep rolling 11s on that d12. You carve into it. The octopus is still not even bloodied. Are you finished, Zelner? I'm all done. Jules, what do you do? I'm going to keep a healthy distance and try <laughs> to uh, show bong. show the octopus the doorway to uh, its death and let it walk there itself with totally dead. That is right. so grim. <laughs> uh, the octopus got an 18, so it's unperturbed by its uh, impending doom. Uh, are you finished, uh, Jules? You've got good distance on it, so you're safe from it. Yeah, that's uh, me for now. Rubert, uh, fortunately, the octopus is so tied up with facing uh, Zelnern that you could scramble away from it without provoking an attack of opportunity and be safe. Yes, but that is not heroic, nor an act of showmanship. All right, uh, so you like hop onto the ice bridge with Zelnern and try to stab the octopus. Yes. With All right. Scimitar. All right, make an attack roll against the octopus. Fifteen to hit. That is indeed a hit. Roll the Maggio. Pew, pew, pew. Two plus f- uh, seven slashing damage. Uh, the octopus seems uh, wounded, but still not even bloodied. Meepo, or do you have a bonus action you want to do, or? You're Jason uh, no. All right, Meepo screams, running further into the other room. The giant octopus's tentacle coils out, this time around Zelnern for 18 to hit. Zelnern, I interpret that's a hit? Zelnern, uh, seven, uh, that's a hit. All right, you're going to take 11 bludgeoning damage as the uh, tentacle oh. wraps its way around you, and you are grappled by the octopus and lifted up into the air. And then worse, the octopus then swims a bit down the uh, channel, oh. dragging, dragging Zelnern with it. Rubert, you do get oh. an attack of opportunity against the octopus if you'd like, but you worry if it truly flees, will it take Zelnern with it? Uh, yeah, I'll try. Right now, it's just kind of drifted at the top of... Like, right now, it's Zelnern's still, like, at the top of the water. It's drifting a bit away from you all. No longer in line of sight of everyone that's in the tunnel. They'd have to get to the chasm's edge, or the channel's edge, to see it. Can I attempt to grab Zelnern as... No, that's not an opportunity attack. I'll just slash at it to hopefully try to release him for 24 to hit. That's a hit. If you want, I'll let you forgo the damage to let Zelnern attempt a, uh... DC 16 strength athletics to break free. Yeah, I'll forego the damage. All right, Zelnern, you can attempt a DC 16 strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics to escape athletics. the grip. Okay. Uh, it's basically, like Bear cuts it and uh, provokes this, like, weakens the tentacle so you can maybe break free. 12. It doesn't work. Uh, the octopus gets a little distance from Ruber and uh, everyone else. For uh, those of you in the uh, in the tunnel, that is Celeste, Phil, and Jules, to actually be able to see this octopus now and to help Zelnern, you're going to have to run up to the edge of this channel, the edge of the water, meaning that you will be in range that the giant octopus could run up and grab you as well. However, the thing seems severely wounded. You might be able to kill it before it has a chance to flee. Uh Celeste, what do you do? 
I'm going to run up to the edge so I'm in line of sight and then try to thorn whip it to pull the octopus back towards us. Oh, nice. All right. Make your attack roll against the octopus. Do I still have Bardic Inspiration that Robert gave me? Or was that run out? They left what does that do yeah. again? You can uh, add a d6 like to an, an attack roll uh, saving throw or ability check. Okay. You can also add, add it, it to this. Yeah, you can also add it to a spell's damage or healing. Oh. Dang. This oh. is a good time to use that. Yeah, I'll just use it now. That's, oh, wait. 18. 18 to hit. You definitely yeah. hit the uh, octopus. Now roll damage. I got a... Six. Uh, the octopus still has a bag of HP, but it's clear that he is bloodied, now suddenly wounded as he's yanked through the air ten feet. Unfortunately, this Ugh. brings him... This brings him crashing down onto the ice brick where uh, Rubert was. Rubert, I need a dexterity saving throw from you to not get smushed into the water by a, uh, um, an octopus. Crit miss on my saving throw? Uh, unfortunately, Rubert goes toppling into the water. The octopus is now in clear line of sight for Phil and Jules. Rubert splashes down into the water, and the octopus looks like it's tr- going to try to flee, but it might drag Zelnern with it when it tries to flee. Uh, but Celeste, you've dealt some serious damage to it. Phil, what do you do? Uh, if the octopus gets another turn, it might, and it still has... Zelnern in its hands or in its tentacles, it might just drag Zelnern away underwater, deep into this chasm, uh, this channel where no one will ever find them. Uh, uh, what do you do, Ray of Frost? Twenty-five to hit. Uh, you hit it. Four. Four damage, and it's Frosty Boy. It is slowed. The octopus uh, has a trouble moving. Its move speeds down to only fifty feet in the water. And then Phil, and if you're finished... move up close to it. All right, you move up I'm close crazy. so that you're all ready to try and stab it if it moves. Zelnern, you're caught in this thing's grip. You reckon it's going to be difficult for you to kill it on your turn, and if it drags you away, you're going to drown. What do you do? Um, I'm going to try to grab onto the wall here and uh, escape his grapple. Okay, so I'm just holding the wall instead. All right, make a uh, strength athletics. I like that you're just gripping onto the wall away. so hard. Yeah. Uh, 21. Oh, wait, 23. 21. And uh, remind me, do you have the uh, the spiked armor yet? I have the spiked the, armor. Well, this is a grapple effect. So is Yeah, when I thing? use the attack action to grapple a creature, it takes oh, three piercing damage. it's when you grapple them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you got a 23, though. You managed to slip free of the of the giant octopus's grapple. You are no longer at risk of being uh, <sighs> uh, dragged away. And then are you finished, Zelnern? Because your action. I'm all done. Jules. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, you can uh, also, sh- like, Zellner, and you can shimmy your way out of the uh, water and into uh, back into the tunnel if you'd like. Because right now you're, like, in the cliff face in that channel. I will shimmy. All right, you get back to safety. Uh, Jules, would you like to uh, do anything to this giant octopus? Yeah, a uh, bell rings out and the cast all the dead. Indeed it does. And this time the octopus's doom does face it. It only got a seven. Hey, all right, I do 12 damage. Wow, Max. Wow, 
The octopus seems incredibly wounded now. Rupert, do you try and finish the thing? You are... Actually, Rupert, you are splashing in the water where the tide is pulling very fast. I need a strength athletics check from you to even just keep your uh, uh, feeding and swimming. You're feeding and swimming. All right, I'm not using that dice because it's uh, Christmas three times so far. Oh, gosh. Goosh. Oh, goosh. Oh, goosh. <laughs> uh, 13. Unfortunately, you all watch as Rubert is dragged away about 20 feet down the uh, channel by the uh, strength of the water. Rubert, you find yourself piling down, moving deeper, deeper into the channel, uh, like farther into the where the chasm goes, um, and splashing away from everyone. You can't seem to control yourself. You could use your action to dash to try again. Uh, or you could do something else with your action if you'd like. But you do have disadvantage on stuff right now. Uh, yeah, I'll attempt to dash back and right. swim my way back upstream. Try another. Uh, and I have disadvantage on this? Uh, no, not on the... Just on the oh, attack okay. rolls, I mean. Yeah. Okay, sorry. That's a 10. <laughs> Uh, Rubert does not manage to get control of himself. He tries, but he's splashing down. You see, he's been pulled maybe 20 feet downstream and getting farther and farther away. Meepo, cowers. Uh, I'm going to remove him from initiative because he's not a part of it. The giant octopus, uh, incredibly wounded. It's actually going to disengage in a burst of ink, uh, spewing up around it, heavily obscuring it as it disappears beneath the water using the disengage action. And it flees from you all. Uh, the, uh, the giant octopus disappears, no longer in sight, no longer grabbing anyone. Uh, and as it disappears, Celeste, you look and you see Rubert maybe, uh, what is that, 25 feet away from you, 20 feet down the water, uh, about to slip out of the reach of even your thorn whip. Uh, is there anything you can do to save Rubert, or do you let him be pulled away down the cavern as it narrows and tightens? Is he in enough view that I could try to, like, thorn whip him back? You could, but you couldn't get him back onto land. You just pull him 10 feet closer and deal some damage. That is 10 feet closer. He doesn't have to swim. That's true. <laughs> I'll take right, that as a yes. <laughs> All right. So you attack your. Uh, how much damage in general have you dealt to Robert? Only three. Right? All right. Uh, I think that's all. This, so, what's your attack roll? <laughs> You have advantage uh, against him because he's floating. Oh, I do? Yeah, he's vulnerable. He couldn't control Great. himself. Crit? 21. Oh, damn. No. All right, Ruberic, you are wrapped in a spiky thorn whip and torn from the water. Uh, roll damage against Robert. He also has temp HP. I got four. Uh, Rubert, you take four damage as you're yanked from the water. Phil, you see Rubert is maybe ten feet away from you. Yeah, he's about ten feet away from you in the water, splashing, about to get dragged back out as he's struggling to keep up to this shore, trying to cling to the edge of the wall. It's been an honor, Captain. I salute him. <laughs> <laughs> inspiration, inspiration for how quick you are to mutiny. Because... <laughs> You mutinied against every NPC, so it makes sense to default to players, too. Uh, but really, can I, like, stand here? Like, I'm not going to reach out, but I'm going to ready an action to help him out of the water, like, assist him. 
Oh, Does so that he make gets. Sense? Yeah, yeah. I'd say you could assist him. So if he can get some of the distance, uh, you, you can be granting him basically advantage on his strength athletics to get out. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, Zelnern. Uh, you, you see that Phil's already poised to help him out if he gets there, but Rubert might not. You know, it's still a DC 15 strength athletics, and we've already established that Rubert is not a strong athletic man. He's a lean, attractive performer, but not an athletic uh, powerhouse. Uh, so do you do anything to try and get him out? Yes. my hand. He, so he's about <laughs> ten feet down the uh, chasm. So you'd have to jump in the water to uh, physically pull him out. I'll jump in and, and physically pull him out. All right. So you do need. You also need to make that strength uh, athletics. It's a DC fifteen to be able to swim against the yeah. tide. Eighteen. Yeah, you managed to swim. Uh, so you're able to get uh, a hold of Rubert, and you can successfully make sure he's not being pulled any further down. So even if he fails his strength athletics, he won't be pulled further down the chasm. Jules, it seems like between Phil and Rubert, they've got it all in hands, but I'm giving you the chance to t- do anything if there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, I, um, so the the blocks of ice kind of like splash back into the river, as I reach out and create some like some like ice, uh, what do you call them? Basically, I want to make like little poles of ice kind of stick out from the wall so that they can use those to try to like pull their way back. Oh, give them like, like a grip. Yeah, yeah, I'll say that adds another uh, I don't know two to your check as well, Robert. Uh, so you've got advantage plus two, and uh, you a failure no longer drags you away. Uh, so Robert, pretty well fortified. Let's see if you can get that strength athletics. Oh boy. Uh, 17. 17. Hey, y'all managed to pull Rubert out. All right, so you're all back in that initial chasm, or the initial like tunnel you were in. Uh, you're still on the top side. You just still look up to see the door through which it leads to that sunken garden where Dern and Meepo are at with the door to the laboratory. Uh, Rubert, did you get beat up pretty bad there, or are you still in a good good way? Oh, I'm doing just fine. I mean, I just, you know, it's... I just wanted to test to make sure you are all uh, still loyal to your captain, and you all passed the test. Can we push him back in the water? <laughs> we need a strong swimmer as a captain, so I'm glad to hear that. I, uh... I think that he was a very strong swimmer there, though. Well, he was faking it. He was very <laughs> good at faking it. He was very, very credible. That's very nice of you. You all passed the test. <laughs> The uh, ice blocks start to reappear, um, and Jules starts kind of shivering a little bit. That's spooky. Um, as you're uh, pouring, is it basically you're pouring your own life force into uh, making these chilies, or what's making Not you shiver? Sure. I think there's some kind of like sympathetic thing where I feel this kind of like rush of coldness, like rush through my veins as I kind of attune my blood maybe to the to the water and make it colder as I make myself colder or something. Love it. All right, so you stand in here, and now the only light source that you all have 
is the light uh, glowing off of Phil, basically headlamp goggles, and uh, Jules's torch, because Ribera, your torch just got soaked and you lost it in the water. Mm -hmm. um, so you're still somewhat lit. It's just a little less bright than it was. You find yourselves uh, standing at that precipice edge, or I guess at the edge of the channel, that uh, still rushes by. Uh, you've taken a few minutes to rest and recover from the giant octopus inning. And uh, eventually... Like Eventually, uh, Celeste's keen eye confirms the octopus is hiding nowhere in the water, so you're fine. Um, it seems to have fled away. It likely needs a short rest to get all, spend all its hit dice, get full HP, and come back and eat you again. Um, so you probably have still some time. Uh, Jules, you can tell that during your little bit of downtime or rest, uh, your... Uh, your uh, Comprehend languages uh, is fading, but then, uh, Phil, your turret is still active because it lasts an hour, right? Yes. All right, so that is still active, but it's not, uh, you know, you're starting to run out of time. Uh, Jules, I assume you set up the same trick as before, trying to build the ice bridge uh, to make it where people can jump across with relative ease. Uh, yeah. This time, there's hopefully no uh, giant octopi jumping out to uh, steal people away. So, uh, Rubert, would you like to try first again? Oh, uh, Rubert, let me, uh, here, uh, let's tie a rope around us so that we can pull ourselves back if we fall in. I mean, yeah, that's, I was going to make it anyway. I just happened to be grabbed out of midair by the octopus, so, <laughs> but I understand you wanted to keep your captain safe. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, that's what I saw, too. You're right. Rubert, will your pride let you accept the uh, seatbelt dog leash that is a rope around <laughs> your uh, your waist? Knowing that it also kind of inhibits your ability to jump, having this rope snagging at you, I'm just saying. Hey, there's no shame in using the tools we have at hand for our adventures. There is shame. No, you're right. No, you're right. Thank you. Thank you, Jules. <laughs> there, is no, there is no shame in that. So you do get tied up? Yeah, yeah I get tied up. <sighs> Rubert bites his, bites his tongue. This will, uh, not, this will not be in the story I tell about. <laughs> all right. Uh, you, uh, so uh, you set up to jump, Rubert, and again, you're able to make that first jump without an issue. It's the land, the DC5 dexterity saving throw. That one, 11. All right, and then the DC 10 uh, strength athletics to finish the jump. Uh, do 18. You managed to land on the far side, disappearing into the darkness over there. Uh, who follows after Rubert? You need to move. Oh, no. All right, Zelnern, what is your strength score? Uh, 17. Oh, yeah. So you actually don't... The only issue you need to make is that you uh, get the uh, DC5 dexterity saving throw on landing on that uh, second ice brick. I can do that. I did it. All right. And then Zelnern lands next to Rubert. The two of you step into the darkness of the far corridor, making space with the uh, water rushing by. Uh, who comes next? Jules, Celeste, or Phil? Um, I will go next. And right. I, I make sure to tie my rope extra tight in like a harness, and then I hand it to. Actually, I, I try to throw the rope across to Zeldern and Rubert. 
All right, uh, Zell, Nern, and Rivera, you catch it after a few tries and uh, manage to wrangle it out of the water. Jules, also note you're the only one bearing a torch right now. Do you hand that off to Celeste? I will hand it off to Celeste. Here you go, Celeste. Okay. All right, you hand it to Celeste, and then uh, Celeste, you are now gripping a torch in hand and uh, the only real source of light. And uh, what is your strength score, Jules? Uh, Eight. All right, so you can get to the uh, first platform, but you need to make that DC5 dex save. Okay, I, uh, I touch myself casting guidance and kind of uh you know, it's, not, it's not that kind of podcast getting, getting my blood pumping it will be. Uh, increasing my uh my vascularness so, and, and note this is a dexterity saving throw so guidance oh, cannot be used throw. on it okay, yeah, to land no on the ice oh, so okay. to land on the ice it's a dc5 dexterity saving throw to then jump from that ice to the uh, ledge is a dc10 strength athletics so that one guidance will apply to yeah so i okay. cast guidance and my All legs right. get, like, super vascular. <laughs> All right. So give us a DC5 dexterity save to not slip off the ice brick. Okay. Um, I got a nine. Hey, you managed to land. And now give us a DC10 strength athletics with guidance to make it across to the far side. Strength athletics. I'm liking having a party with low strength so you can't do anything. Yeah. Okay, I made it, uh, so I wasn't going to make it, but then at the last second, I, I like, mistimed it, but in the right way, I got lucky, you might even say. Maybe a skeletal hand reaches up from the water and gives you a push. Ooh, I like it, yeah. Dark. Uh, Alright, so Celeste and Phil, you're on this side. The ice cubes are uh, rapidly uh, thinning. You gotta move quick. Who goes next, Celeste or Phil? I'll go next. All right, and so what's your strength score? It's also an eight, so I'm like slightly <laughs> hopeful watching right. Jules go, and I hand the torch. the torch off to Phil. All right, so Phil, you're the only light source. Uh, Celeste, what's your, uh, so it's eight? So you're able yeah. to jump. You make it to the first ice break, but you need to make a DC5 deck save to land. 16. You land, and now you need to make a DC 10 strength athletics to make it across. Flip up my Taroka card real quick. See that I draw a druid. Try to get motivated, because I'm a druid. And so I cast guidance on myself. Boy, your readings are getting uh, more and more. It's, it's, it's the uh, the grand visions you take from your readings that really sell the character. <laughs> Sometimes the stars are super simple, okay? I don't... <laughs> What'd you get? I got a 12. Oh, wait, no, it was strength. Oh, yeah, it was 12. Celeste makes it across. Uh, you all, those of you who have jumped across, find yourself still stuck in darkness with Phil being the only light source across the way. Phil, uh, the ice cubes are draining out. What's your strength score? Oh, Danny Ocean. At it again. Wait, uh, 10. wait make sure Dern goes first. Uh, Don't Dern's leave him coming. alone. Dern's oh, not coming. Oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, it's 10, but I want to tomahawk this torch across. Uh, you want to throw a torch at your friends? All right. Uh, you throw the torch across. Uh, does somebody try to catch it or do you let it hit the wall? I'll try to catch it. I don't even say anything to anyone. I just throw it. All right. Rubera, you're a knife catcher. Slide mm-hmm. a hand. You know what? Don't even roll for it. You catch it and it's badass. Uh, expertise in slide a hand. Heck yeah. Nice. It's badass. You catch the uh, torch and you start shining out some bright light. Phil, do you go to... Uh, so you make the running jump. Uh, DC5 deck save to land on the ice brick. 
19. 19. Uh, you did it. And then actually, you don't even need to make that second check because your uh, standing jumps far up to get it. Zelnern would have had to either, but I made him do it anyways. Uh, right. Phil, Celeste, Jules, uh, Ruber, and Zelnern, you get across and the ice bricks sort of fade away, uh, melting back into the water. You find yourselves in another chamber that winds for uh, maybe like winds back and forth uh, as it arches its way towards the west or east rather, and it takes goes covers about uh, forty feet of distance as you make your way down it. As it goes down, it takes a right, and then it continues down, and then it takes another right before leaving you before a uh, a single door. Um, yeah, it leads you down before. A uh, yeah, an old stone door similar to those doors you've seen in the uh, rest of this sunless citadel, an ancient one place. You can tell from the water still sloshing around at your feet and how it's like sucking away past you towards the uh, rift that the area inside's probably been opened before. Um, although it's clear that this area hasn't been frequently used from you know the way it is. Um, you kind of you try to give uh. You try to open the door, and to your dismay, quickly find that it is uh, not just closed, but it's stuck. The shifting, the damage wrought by the uh, uh, the Everstorm has clearly stuck it, and making sure the door does not want to easily open. Uh, it requires somebody to gym, or to give it a good shove, and uh, Zelnern steps forward, as that's probably your Allow me. And uh, you give it a good shove. I'm not even going to call for a check because there's no consequence to failure. Uh, but you just find that it is uh, stuck and hard to open. And after a good shove or two, the stone door uh, doesn't break off its hinges, but moves the uh, muck and everything that's blocking the way uh, allows you, or it kind of gives way and allows you to see inside. The chamber inside has faded mosaic tiles that still decorate parts of the wall, but most have fallen to the uh, to the water-covered floor uh, and disappeared beneath it, or are buried beneath the thick amounts of coral and sea plants that cling to the walls of this interior chamber. The coral seems pale and dead, and the uh, sea plants seem withered and... Uh, far from alive. Um, Situated at the center of this small chamber stands a slim pedestal of rusted iron shaped like an upright serpent. In the serpent's mouth rests an an empty tray, as if waiting for something to be placed upon the tray or taken from it. So again, you find yourself in a room, uh, you find yourself in a room that's uh, covered in coral, like the walls are covered in tiles with coral and barnacles growing over them, as well as a thick amount of sea grass stretching across it. The ground at your feet has a, like a few inches of old stale seawater. There is this rusted iron pedestal at the center, uh, depicting a serpent coiling around the pedestal. And at the center of the serpent's mouth, uh, which rests open, is a tray uh, that looks like it's something that's meant to be put on it or taken from it. Um, as you immediately look around, though, the foliage, as it is on the walls, the most significant piece of it is on the wall across from the door. So basically, you walked in, and directly across from you is the largest piece of uh, 
the largest piece, like like almost a veil of seagrass that hangs from floor to ceiling and is the only plant or coral in here that seems to be alive. And the pedestal is basically between you and that uh, veil of seagrass. This seems similar to the door we saw upstairs. The door, I mean, it, it does in that it's a serpent uh, statue, but there's been serpent mm-hmm. statues everywhere. The door you saw upstairs was literally like the stone was carved to look like a serpent with its mouth open and a keyhole in it. Uh, this is a, a pedestal or a statue of a serpent in the center of the room, and then there is a veil of seagrass on the far side. Be able to, like, kind of brush through the seagrass to see if there's anything behind it? Yeah, there is mosaic tiles behind it and dead coral. But you said the serpent has, like, an open mouth? It does, yes, with a tray in it rather than, like, a keyhole. And you can see also the serpent has eyes made of gemstones. Uh, you can see there are st- each of the gemstones is a sapphire worth 50 gold pieces if someone were to pry it out of the statue. Does the mosaic depict anything? Uh, no, it's just like alternating colors of tiles. Oh, okay. Whatever like was painted on them in ages passes, gone. Or like there's so many have fallen that you can't really get any visual from it. Yeah, uh, I'll... Ruber will pass the torch to Zelnern, and then oh, I can hold this. Take out one of my daggers and go to pry the uh, emblems off. Wait, doesn't this belong <laughs> to the ancient ones? Yeah, but they're not using it at the moment. So this is their. Don't take that <laughs> from yeah. them, and I go to like, smack the like dagger out of his hand. We're for treasure. I was going through the treasure earlier, and there's a couple gems missing. So, you know, I think we could just take these and call it even. <laughs> Uh, yes, we're here for treasure. Do you think we have time for me to cast detect magic as a ritual? Uh, yes, but it has to. It won't resolve until after the conflict of the gems. Uh, how does that? Uh, so Celeste is insisting on no. We can't. Uh, we can't uh, pry these gems out. That's defacing this thing that belonged to the ancient ones. Well, Zelnern and Phil and Rubert seem pretty dead set on. Uh, getting the treasure and Jules is over there muttering incantations <laughs> and beginning to cast a ritual. Uh, how do you resolve that? Well, <clears throat> Celeste slaps like the gold dagger out of my hand and it hits the floor. Rubert goes to pick it up and then points it at Celeste. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't ever touch my father's dagger again. Don't ever oh. rip gemstones out of the ancient ones. <laughs> Stuff. Celeste, we're here to get treasure. But don't you think the ancient ones wouldn't have thought about this, about someone trying to steal their gems? Well, you're worried about our slap, not about taking it. Okay, that makes sense to me. If that gets you not to take the gems, sure. (laughs) Let's look for a trap and then open. I glare at Robert. Zelnern, you realized or decided that this is a, uh, a trap uh, investigation. How do you go about trying to identify if there's a trap? I peer around it. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Kind of what I'm hoping to do with the uh, detect magic too. Um, Zelner, I'll let you make a perception check. Uh, meanwhile, Jules is working on an incantation <laughs> that might reveal some magic. Twenty-one. What? Uh, you do reveal <laughs> that, in fact, the uh, jaws of the uh, snake statue, or like the snake, are uh, 
it's there's heavily rusted so it was hard to notice but there is a hinge on them and it looks like they're primed to snap shut uh under a certain certain circumstance you see that the uh, fangs on the serpent are indeed very sharp and uh you even notice that there are little uh basically hollowed out sections where it looks like uh poison could have been stored inside those fangs such that anyone who's hand gets caught in this trap inside the uh serpent's uh mouth would have their hand stabbed and poison injected into them although it appears there is no poison currently in the trap and in fact it seems so rusted shut that the trap likely doesn't work anymore good work celeste it's always worth to take our time before we jump to something like this well we should still leave it Oh, but the trap is okay. We can we can probably get in now. Probably shouldn't though. There's nothing to take from the mouth. There's there's treasure. We we get treasure so we can support our families. And as you debate uh, the reason you need the treasure, uh, Jules, your mind opens to the magic in the room, and it does radiate with magic. Uh, Necromancy is everywhere around you, but conjuration pulses from that veil of seagrass. The only thing that uh, is still active in this room or like the only like living plant life in the room is that veil of seagrass and like a latent conjuration magic uh pulses within it as well as an abjuration magic um you can tell that there that that magical tie seems to bleed out from that veil all the way across the vines underwater and up into this rusted iron statue and the magic seems to concentrate around the plate there doesn't seem to be magic emanating from the uh, serpent statue itself, nor from this jaws trap. But it seems that the plate, uh, there's uh, the plate in its mouth, has some sort of magic element around it that is connected to that veil of seagrass on the far end. So the plate has both abjuration and conjuration, or yes. Okay. Wow. And you know that basically anything that reacts like a like like. For example, the spells symbol and glyph are or glyph of warding are both abjuration. So any magical uh, trap or password or door always has abjuration on it. Okay, conjuration. Uh, should we try putting something on the plate? I pick up a bag of sand and I smell. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to use shape water to make a little ice cube. Maybe actually, I make a, a little cute statue that looks like a like a serpent, um, and oh, it's, it's very cute. Although it's a little wonky because I've never done this before, and I gently place it on the on the uh, plate. Uh, you place it there. And nothing seems to happen, save for your detect magic almost seems to register like a red flash, as if suggesting, like, uh, that it was an error, that you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I try putting a... Try putting the gun on it. The gun? I have a gun. I oh, looted okay. on the ship. Yeah. 
your fire you place your firearm uh, on it and it sits there and again you you detect that red pulsing failure uh, anybody as if like password denied can i try to like lie on like family stories or like basically anything that like i druid family might have talked about and like these kind of traps or like what kind of like offering it might want yeah it was just like um, a type of thing that we might have heard of yeah like what i have heard of this trap uh you have not heard of this trap and in fact it immediately seems that not, that the combination of the veil of magic connecting that or the magic connecting that veil of seagrass to this it doesn't feel ancient one at all it in fact feels far more druidic than it feels like ancient one traps. They're not using a strange combination of machinery and magic, as you've seen in their even earlier traps here. Uh, it seems that the machinery piece is fully rusted out in this uh, dragon statue, or not dragon statue, the serpent statue. Whatever purpose the uh, ancient ones had for this no longer seems to be the purpose that this statue is meant to serve uh instead it seems to have been repurposed for something involving magic and conjuration and plants which feels far more druidic than it does that's me ancient one and Um... you do recall that the man who's supposedly been tending the Golthias tree is an outcast druid from the obed high grove of providence uh, last try, I'll, I'll grab some of the some of the plant matter around and put that on it. All right, you kind of scrape some of the dead coral off of the wall and barnacles, and you place it on there, and again it flashes red. It becomes clear as you try various random objects about the room um, that there is a specific key required to uh, let this magic activate. It doesn't seem like there is a price of failure. Um, that you can see there might be an alarm going off somewhere but nothing is obvious to you there's no like necromancy shooting out at you or anything like that i think perhaps we do not have the required item you know i think i got it right here and i produce a crowbar (laughs) (laughs) what do you do with a crowbar would my tinker's tools have um like oil or grease in it? Uh, maybe, probably, yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Put like a little bit of oil or grease on the like sides of the jaws of its mouth, and then like <laughs> place the the pry bar like in its mouth in such a way that it's like pushing down on the tongue, like pushing up on it while pushing down on the tongue at the same time to try and yeah. put pressure on it. Yeah, so you're basically like forcing the trap to try and like pry past it. Uh, and you can tell as you do that, clearly the original trap uh, that the statue was meant for uh, was meant to be something is supposed to be on this platter. And when removed, the jaws would snap shut, biting whoever was trying to remove it. And as you depress it, it's so tight with ancient rust that all that's happening is you hear the grinding and breaking of metal. Meanwhile, <laughs> Jules, as uh, as... Phil breaks this ancient one uh, metal statue, uh, altar, whatever it is. It's uh, working. It's you working. Like... You can tell nothing he is doing is even remotely connected to the magic. It becomes clear to you that the the statue itself, nothing of its ancient trap that it was meant for, is relevant to the uh, to whatever magic is connecting that plate 
to that veil of seagrass. Yeah, we might have to go ask the, uh, the necromancer, sorry, the druid, uh, to get more progress here. Are you sure? I'm, I'm on to something here. I, I know it. Phil. <laughs> Smash up on it harder. Phil, you, uh, you jank into it, and as like Celeste, I imagine, gasps out. Stop! Uh, part of the jaw straight up breaks. It shudders the, uh, the statue, and you see that the sapphire eyes just fall out. Uh, toppling oh, down ah! they, they clearly were loosely set in there and were didn't need even prying out just jostling the statue caused them to fall out they drop into the silt and water beneath the statue oh i gotta grab one make an investigation check as you search through the mud trying to find small sapphires in the water I'll use, uh, <laughs> can i try also i'll use shape yeah. water to like clear it clear it Crit! Uh, 15 uh, uh, Phil, you snatch up one, uh, Ruber, you snatch up the other, and both of you assisted by Jules, uh, making the water disappear from there. As you snap up these small blue sapphires, that clearly had been removed and then replaced in their spot. The these... plate still rests there, but the statue is pretty much busted. Do these look like the same type of sapphire as that ring we found earlier? You know, the one that Jules had that we thought might be magic? Uh, n- similar, but do- they don't seem to bear any similar marks. There's no connection. Okay. Yeah. Did I ever have the chance to identify on that? See if you did, and there was no magic on it. Okay. Oh. Um, um, try putting oh. one of these jewels on the, uh, the plate. Oh, I couldn't find one. That's a shame. It it dug itself too deep in the mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I really, I loosen that, the mouth too much. If I put this on there, it might shut. I got to, this is staying in my pocket, Jules. I'm sorry. You guys aren't curious what might be beyond this uh, wall? Oh, I'm extremely curious. I just don't think we have the required magic uh, to open it right now. I think perhaps we may have jumped a room. It's all right. You can, you can keep it. Let's just, let's just try it first to see if it. Keep, Give what me my are ring you talking back. About? It didn't. I, I. It fell into the muck. I didn't find anything. I'm sure if whatever treasures beyond this wall must be a lot better than these puny gems. If you, uh, I'll give you the gem, but you got to give me that ring back that you were identifying. Okay. We'll trade. Sure. All right, deal. I put the ring on my finger. Okay. I put the gem on the platter. Uh, you place the gem on the platter and. It seems to kind of work. For a moment, you see the veil across the way start to part on its own. You all look over as the veil of seagrass parts, and it's not the mosaic tiles behind it. No, it seems to be a murky room lit with violet light, and then the seagrass falls back. Wow, if only we had that other sapphire. Too bad it got lost in the mud. I start yes. shape of watering the mud. Uh, oh, oh! it looked like it fell into oh. my pocket. This is oh. the weirdest thing. I thought it fell into the mud, but it must have fallen into my pocket. What a weird coincidence. I take note of both Phil and Ruber, so if healing is needed, I remember. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you didn't want me to take these gems. Oh, no, now we can use them. Whatever's up to it, you know, whatever is cool with you, Celeste. Whatever is cool with you, Celeste. Uh, Ruber, instead of uh, trying to uh, project the uh, the embarrassment onto other people, uh, <laughs> do you place the stone onto the uh, disc? 
I'm yes. sure he can handle Pro- both. Pro- what embarrassment are you talking about? With the <laughs> second gem placed, again, the seagrass parts all of its own, and instead of mosaic tile beyond the way, it is, it is a room opening up. And as you look into that room from here, you see that it there is a basically a portal created. A transport via plants has been used, uh, triggered by placing these two sapphires as the key on the tray and making it to where the uh, the seagrass acts as a portal opening up to another room. And this other room, as you step towards the edge and look at it, you see a walled clearing is here among the briars, but it's full of haze and mist. You cannot see into the room until you step through the seagrass. Will you step through it? Or just, do you stay to, oh, on this absolutely. side? Just to test it, if I take the gem off, does it close? It does immediately close. Okay. I put it back. Or sorry, no, it does not immediately close. It it uh, waits a moment and then closes like a, like a minute later. I guess we should leave it open so we can go back. Do mm-hmm. I know anything about these? Like, what, Are these one way or are these two way? Uh... It, it is a magical link, so it is two-way. The duration seems to be one minute on this version. Yeah, let's uh, let's leave it open. Just All right, to... you leave it open, and you step through. Uh, who leads the way through? I'll lead the way. All right, uh, Jules, who is the one who did all the work to open this, you step through. I imagine Rubert on your heels, uh, Zelnern, Phil, and Celeste following as well. Well, you find yourself in another room. Um, and I'll describe this room to you. Uh, you find yourself a, in a walled clearing here among the briars. The ground at your feet is not salt water, but mud. The walls are about 20 feet high, which is less than half the height of the cavern ceiling um, that you saw earlier. Uh, several varieties of plants grow around the perimeter of this clearing, including a few suspicious-looking saplings, but their importance pales before that which stands at the courtyard center. Beneath the fungal light grows an evil tree. Its blackened, twisted limbs reach upwards like skeletal hands clawing their way out of the earth. Before it stands a few twig blights, a heavily armored young human man with a shield and sword, a blonde young human woman in a robe fit for a noble, and a middle-aged bearded human man uh, wearing a hooded brown robe and armed with a staff and sickle. The younger humans, the uh, warrior and mage, have black eyes and gray skin with the texture of bark. The old man, the obvious necromancer, turns towards you and, uh, with his stick, surprised to see you, but not surprised round because you opened the portal a couple times, uh, and looks at you and immediately says, Visitors more? I had not prepared... The tree is not ready to induct others. It is not yet big enough to adapt and bond. And he seems unsure of your sudden arrival, not interpreting you as antagonists, but as perhaps people who have come to, as he now adds, have you come to supplicate to the great Golthias tree? And, And as you look at the tree, you indeed see a growth Uh, welting out of the side of it. A large pomegranate looking growth that pulses with a beautiful golden light. Um, 
you have no doubt this is the panacea fruit of which uh, Gellin Primewater talked. This uh, tumor growing out of the Golthias tree is that thing he came for you to steal, and for and that that evil tree that looks like a skeletal hand plunging up from the earth, clawing to drag everything else beneath it, is the thing he wishes to grow, and the thing he wishes you to learn how to properly tend back in Port Providence, that he might be able to farm these uh, panaceas and sell them at leisure. You see the t- the human man and the uh, or the human man and the human woman, and you have no doubt that these are two of the adventurers that uh, you that came before you. Uh, you see how their skin is a bark like texture, full of uh, uh, like looking like aspen wood, this pale white with black veins, and their eyes are pure black orbs. There is something truly wrong with these two now. And as you look at them. And you look at Bellic the Outcast, that necromancer who stands before you, you feel a shudder of wrongness here. This place is a tomb beneath the ground. That tree is evil. And here, nine, uh, probably 90 feet below sea level, there is only mushy, muddy ground, and that tree grows in a sunless sky. Hey, Catechromies, it's me, Ryan, and please your favorite barber, Big Race, and on Catechromies, Shattered Isles. Um, sorry for the late episode this week. It's been a very busy week for me, and I hadn't had any time to edit it, so <clears throat> episode's going up a few days late, but it's up, and um, next week's episode should be going up on time, so look forward to that. Um, be sure to rate and review on iTunes, share with any of your friends, family, enemies, acquaintances, coworkers. Um, people on the street and, you know, put it on a USB card, drop it in people's mailboxes, whatever, it, whatever it does, to, whatever it takes to spread the word. Um, but yeah, that's all for now. Talk to you next week and bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.